Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Stand in Your Lane. Uh, my name is Mike Williams. I am a representative of Judah Nation Radio. This is our new talk show here on KXXT, uh, 10, 10 a.m. We are um, getting ready to talk about biblical fatherhood, but first, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you uh, actually for this night. I thank you for allowing whoever's listening, um, whatever time they're listening to the podcast or the recording, whatever, that they would um, be blessed by the information and that you would get the glory. So we thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, My name is Michael Williams, and we are going to be talking about biblical fatherhood um, tonight. Uh, So we thank you for tuning in. And for just riding with us for the next hour or so, uh, a little less than an hour or so, um, I want to get into a popular subject um, about fatherhood. I want to talk about biblical fatherhood. And I don't just want to talk about fatherhood from a a secular standpoint. I want to talk about uh, fatherhood from a Christian standpoint. The reason I want to talk about fatherhood from a Christian standpoint is simply because um, we will see now in society that there is somewhat of a degradation of family structure. There is a degradation of the foundation of what the family represents. And I'm not going to talk from a racial standpoint. I'm not going to talk from a cultural standpoint. Uh, I am a believer. You guys are believers. Or if you're not listening, you might be a believer. Um, the point is, is that I'm going to give you uh, just some overview, uh, essentially, of where I think the family structure can be stre- uh, strengthened, where it can be um, enhanced. And I think that we need to start with um, biblical fatherhood. Uh, essentially, I want to work my way backwards. Um, essentially, I started uh, wanting to start in Genesis. But what I want to do is I want to uh, start in Luke, the third chapter. And I want to start with the genealogy of Jesus. I'm going to start there and I want to work my way backwards so that we can see um, where the foundation of the family is and how fathers play into this. So I am going to play this little audio real quick. And uh, the reason I'm going to play the audio, this is actually Luke, the third chapter. This is starting at verse uh, 23. And the reason I'm playing the audio is because there's a whole lot of names in here. I want them to be read correctly. So I'm going to play the audio so you guys can actually hear the name. Uh, Here we go. Thank you. 
Now, um, I know that was a lot of reading, a lot of names. I didn't want to butcher those names. Uh, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, but I'm not fluent in, in Hebrew or Greek, so I would have butchered all those names. I believe there was somewhere of set plus uh, 75 plus names that were read in that scripture that was talking about the genealogy, genealogy of Jesus. What you notice is that this was when he began to start his ministry. So you have when he began to start his ministry, it says in Luke, the third chapter, at the 23rd verse, that Jesus himself was about 30 years of age. So from there, we know that his ministry started when he was 30 years old. And what it did right then there in Luke is it began to go into his genealogy. Now, what you notice is he had a, a whole lot of the word the son of. Um, and that went all the way back to God. And actually, geneal- Jesus' genealogy ties all the way back into God, meaning that our genealogy as individuals and our, 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 our existence has a beginning. Um, we'll know that humanity, if you trace humanity all the way back through the thousands of years that we've been here, that we all have our relation to Adam. Uh, we are traced back to Adam. So we are, you know, uh, as, you know some 5,700 years removed, uh, uh, from, you know, according to the Hebrew calendar, give or take a couple hundred years, I don't know. But Jesus' gene- genealogy ties all the way back to God. Now, why that is important is that it lets us know that every natural man had a father. And um, this is not to demean any of the women listening. This is not to demean wives. My, my beautiful wife is sitting here in the studio with me. This is not to demean her at all. This is just to say that our existence it, it, that is characterized in the Bible it has a fairly high importance based on who our father is, um, who, you're, who we are tied to. And so the one thing I want to point out is that if we, if we go from Genesis and we walk back and we walk – if we go from Luke and we walk back, Luke walks us all the way back to Genesis. So in order to actually really get into what I think biblical fatherhood is, I think we need to go back to Genesis. Now, you know, I think for the most part, everybody's familiar with Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, that God created the heavens and the earth. Um, the earth was formless and void, and the darkness was all over the surface of the deep. And, and the Spirit of God was moving throughout the surface of the waters. So theologically speaking, we are all familiar that God is our father. It's the first entity that existed. And so we meet God as a the ultimate omnipotent theological being, but we also meet God who is our father. He essentially is uh, God in the sense of he is ruler of everything. He, he is established everything. He has talked, he has, he has talked the world into existence, but ultimately the first, you know, the introduction we get to him after his powers, we get to know him as father. And so what I want to really realize is that if we go through Genesis, and we're just going to cover the first couple of chapters just to stay in this discussion so we don't jump all over the Bible. Um, notice that if you go through the Genesis, you talk about the creation. Then God said in verse in verse 3, let there be light. And then, then uh, God saw the light and saw it was good in verse 4. And then it follows a pattern that God said, let there be, and it was created. And so after it was created... Then we got to the place where God saw what he made and he saw that it was good. Then God said, let there be the waters in verse 9. And so we have God who essentially uh, at this point is going to be introduced as our father. He demonstrates the characteristics initially 
if you if you go back and observe it, he starts demonstrating father-like characteristics from the beginning of the Bible, even though we may not see them originally uh, come to pass. And so what happens is verse 9, it says, God, let's, God says, let there be the waters, and they be gathered into one place. Um, God gave a name to the dry land. He called earth. In the gathering of the waters, he called seeds, and he saw that it was good. So we see this pattern that God himself spoke something into existence. It created it. He named it. After he named it, he judged it, saw that it was good. And he go, we go all the way down after five or six days of this happening, uh, six days, excuse me, and we find that we're familiar with the seventh day uh, where God um, established the Sabbath and he rested in it. And he rested from all the work that he did. Now, what's key to us and what directly relates to us, creation relates to us. But the one thing that relates to us is that when we get to Adam, we get to Adam, we find out that God created Adam and Adam would have been the first son. And that's according to Luke. Luke walks us back to Adam. So that's why I'm going all the way back to Genesis is that we've started with Luke, the third chapter, and we've gone all the way back to Genesis. We find out that Adam is the first son. Now, what we have here is key is that Adam is born into a world where he's the only he's the only human. He's made from the dirt. He is placed in a place that's already been established. All of the, the, the animals have been created. The earth is being created. The first thing that Adam is, is given is Adam is given dominion over everything that he's supposed to uh, rule over. So God is a father and as a provider and as an ultimate being. First thing he gives Adam is dominion. After he gives Adam dominion, he also gives Adam tasks to do um, as far as, you know, watching over the garden, as far as naming animals. I'm not going chronologically. I'm just giving you a quick overview. And so the one thing that we have to point out is that God notices that Adam is the only being that doesn't have a suitable helper for him. And so Adam creates woman. Um, excuse me. God creates woman. And God creates woman by putting Adam to sleep and allowing Adam to go to sleep. He pulls woman out of his sight. We're all familiar with the story of the of woman being the rib or being the helper, a suitable helper for the man. And then once uh, uh, the woman has, uh, has, has, has been presented, we notice that the, the Bible says that God presented man his first wife, his only wife, um, that he was supposed to have. So God gives them, his son, a, a wife to work with to have dominion with, to struggle with, to, to, to basically he creates the family structure. And what I think is key is that Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. Verse 19 says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast and every field and every sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And so you'll find out that God gave Adam purpose, God gave Adam dominion, God gave Adam help. He also presented Adam with his wife. And so what we find is that that's the original structure for the family, the original structure for the family. And I think verse uh, 24 is key. It says, for this reason, shall a man and a woman leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Listen to the family structure. Man and woman, wife, man leave his father and his mother. That was always the original intent and structure for the Bible believing, Christian believing church, the world. That was what the original intention was. It was for God, who was a father, who was a provider, and he provided his son, Adam, with his wife. And both of them were to leave their parents and come together and be joined as one flesh. And so the biblical foundation for family has started with God. It started with a family unit. And so what we, what we can determine from the scriptures is that 
is that biblical fatherhood, first of all, has to be originated with an origin or a, a start from God. It has to originate from God. What I mean by that is that fathers have to take all of their um, instruction. Fathers have to take all of their ways. They have to take all of the things that they do in their household from God because that was the original plan. The original plan is that Adam followed God. We're going to take a quick break here, um, and I will be back with part two of this. And what we'll be talking about then is getting into some basic definitions and getting into some things that will allow us to kind of translate um, how biblical fatherhood ties into today's society. Thank you for listening to Staying Stayin in Your Lane. We'll be right back. Did you know that 90% of smartphone owners use an app once a day? Whether it be for work or entertainment, mobile apps are a part of the daily routine of today's smartphone users. Can I ask you a question? Is your organization's mobile app one of them? Mobile App Kings can help you engage your audience and help grow your network instantly with a custom-designed mobile app. Call Mobile App Kings today for a free consultation on how we can help you get your organization in the palm of your clients' hands. Call us at 480-371-1707 or download our app by searching Mobile App Kings in your app store. Mobile App Kings, we are the kings of mobilizing your business. Judah Nation Radio is playing the hottest tracks in every genre of indie Christian music. Every genre. Including rock. And this is the sound of the risen ones. Hip-hop. These great hands turned the axis. Vinnie made man from dirt and axis. Contemporary. Get ready for your breakthrough. And gospel. Judah Nation Radio, redefining Christian music. Studying the Bible can be complicated. Sometimes there are so many unanswered questions. What does this word mean? How did the author come to that conclusion? How does this apply to my life? We at textfortext.com can help. Have a pressing question about a passage? Send your question via text message to 646-776-0252. And within 24 hours, you'll get a neutral, thorough biblical answer. It's fast, free, and anonymous. No question is off limit. What is Text for Text? We're just a bunch of Bible-believing people who desire to help others understand the Word of God. With 6 billion text messages sent daily, we feel this is the easiest and fastest way to help anyone who needs a question answered about the Bible. That number again is 646-776-0252. Looking forward to helping you study the Bible. Sorry, we had to pay some bills with some of those uh, sponsor ads. And I think we're here on KXXT, correct? Yeah, I'm talking to my producer, so he knows what's up. Sometimes I say the wrong thing. So we are back. Uh, we started the first segment talking about um, uh, Jesus' uh, genealogy um, in Luke and traced it back to Adam and tried to build a little bit of a foundation. And we walked it all the way back to um, 
uh, Adam being the son of God, and we want to talk about the, relig- uh, the original relationship between God the Father and Adam as the first son. Now, I want to get into some quick definitions here so we can actually start translating what the family was in the Old Testament. And trust me, I only have a limited amount of time, so I can only cover so much. So I'm going to read a few definitions, and then we'll start with the family, and then we'll talk about how the father was supposed to be and how the, uh, how the, how the wife tied into that so we can, we can build on that. Um, essentially, the family was uh, in biblical times. It was comprised of members of a household, and it, it, originally, it didn't from the Hebrew culture didn't just include the married couple. It also included parents, children. It could have been relatives. Um, it, it, there were sometimes when it included concubines, uh, servants, travelers, aliens. Um, anybody would have been considered to be a part of the family. We know it was the first social structure according to Genesis the second chapter uh, we know that it was Adam his, his his Adam and his wife were the first family structure and that was the first institution that God created and so we'll find out that the man and woman they became the nucleus of the family unit so I'm not speaking against anybody who's a single parent ho- uh, household what I'm what I'm all, only thing I'm trying to establish is the original family structure which was for one man to be with one woman. That was the original family structure. And so we find out that, that, that all of this indicates that the, the initial connection between man and women were for companionship. Um, God saw that, was, that Adam was uh, alone and that it was not good to, for him to be alone. And that was the only thing that God saw that was not good was that man would be alone. And so he provided a suitable helper a, a suitable helper for Adam, and we know that uh, from God's uh, intent, it was for her to provide help um, to her husband. And so, uh, when they came together, that's when they were able to meet the needs of their children. Um, the mother was to be over the home and provide for the home, uh, not only to be a support to the husband, but if you read Proverbs thirty-one, it talks about all the qualities. If you read Titus two, it talks about all the qualities that a, a woman or a wife is, or a mother is supposed to have. And then there are, are numerous other passages on how men should provide um, for their families, uh, not, not necessarily lording over their wife, being the head of their household. And so, when we look at that, we'll find out that the family was the family structure was built around the companionship of the mother and the father, but it also was um, built around the the presence of the father. Um, the father, the characteristics of the father, essentially uh, was that the father held the authority for the home. The father held the security for the home. The father was um, uh, in old in Hebrew times. It was more of a master relationship, and 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 I don't want to get into anything that sounds misogynistic or anything like that. I'm just talking about the original Hebrew. The man was held responsible for what went on in his house. He had a lot of responsibilities. He had powers uh, over over the home. Uh, and so the children were meant to be heirs. So the man was supposed to be the head. The the, the woman was supposed to be the helpmate to the, to the man as well as care for the home. The children were meant to be heirs. That was the original structure of fatherhood and, and relationship between man and woman. Everyone had a part. The part of the father was to be the head of the family spiritually and naturally. The woman was supposed to be the helper and be over the home. And the woman was and the children were essentially, especially the sons, were supposed to be the heirs to where they took up the crafts of their fathers and they learned from their fathers. So their fathers were actually responsible for training the sons to take over whatever the family business or what the namesake may have been. And if you notice in Luke. All of the men weren't necessarily known by their traits in the genealogies. Even if you look at the genealogies in Genesis, they were always known as the son of someone else, the son of someone else. And it all went back to essentially Adam was the son of God. We were, initially, we were meant to be sons of God. We were meant to be children of our father. And so looking at that aspect, um, the, the, the Hebrew word for father is av, ab. 
Um, I actually think I have, if I'm uh, here, I think I have the Hebrew pronunciation for it. I'm going to play it real quick. Uh, let me play it real quick. Here we go. I'll play it one more time. That is the Hebrew word for father. The Greek word for father is pater, uh, P-A-T-E-R. I don't have access to that real quick, but I give you the quick definitions. The definition of uh, father is, and I'm going back to my notes. Please forgive me. Um, father or progenitor. In the Greek, it means uh, it is a father spoken generally of men and in some special sense used of God. Uh, the definition of pro- progenitor is an ancestor in the direct line of. So I'm going with just basic definitions, Hebrew, Greek. Um, the reality is, is that the father was the initial starting point of everything that happened in your family's life. That was it. They were the ones that, 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 that were the judge. They were of the home. They were the authority figure. They were the provider. They were the spiritual leader. They were all of that. And what we'll do in the last segment is we're going to get into the characteristics of the father from Genesis 1 versus the father, uh, the characteristics of Adam. And we'll kind of see in that last segment how we've strayed away from fatherhood and how we've gotten into a more secular definition of fatherhood and how our relationships have produced single parent homes where there's a lot of single mothers that raise their children. And we have some single fathers that raise their children. And this is not to speak against them or anything like that. All I'm trying to do is establish how the family can get back to building itself together. I believe it starts with the fathers of the home. It starts with the men of the home. Now, the question is, is how how can that be done if, if maybe the father is not with the mother? Maybe the father and the mother are separated and they're not necessarily in the same place. I think from what we're talking about, there are some things that can be established that will allow a change of heart. Um, just looking at the, 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 the different things that happened in Genesis, we can decipher that God set a pattern through who he was and demonstrated to his son Adam. So I think the first step to a father being able to be reclaimed and be the family brought back to, to, to biblical, be, have the men brought back to biblical fatherhood is that we have to demonstrate essentially characteristics of God so that we're able to allow our sons and our daughters to see how we're supposed to grow up and be able to contribute to society in a positive way. I will say this. I'm a father myself. I have four kids. I have my, my, my oldest son, Mikey. I have uh, my daughter, Kyra, my little princess. I have Austin, who's called Bishop. And then we have the boss, Kadira. She's a two-year-old we just had. Um, I mean, we didn't just have her because she's, she's almost three. But the point is, is that from that aspect, I can see where I need to improve on my fatherhood skills to produce better, um, at least lay a better foundation for them to be more productive biblically in society. And so what we're going to get through on our last session is we're going to take some time, break down Genesis in the time that we have. We're going to compare that to how Adam demonstrated his ability to be a son. And we're going to see from there how fatherhood began to degrade. We're also going to get into some statistics as well and talk about some different things and and actually offer some different types of of, of resources that may help you as a father, uh, uh, as a father, be uh, more influential in your kid's life. Uh, the, the one thing I do want to say is that I hope that anybody's listening. I don't want you to feel like this is not any way related to the mothers. It will cover some things um, as we get to the end of the show. 
But I do want you to understand, men, that this really, really, the, the, the climate of your house is determined by, by the actions that you display in your heart. So we're going to go pay some more bills like we do on a Saturday night. I know, I don't know what you guys are doing Saturday night. You may be sitting around eating or whatever it is, but let's go pay some bills. This is Stand in Your Lane with Mike Williams. Bible can be complicated. Sometimes there are so many unanswered questions. What does this word mean? How did the author come to that conclusion? How does this apply to my life? We at textfortext.com can help. Have a pressing question about a passage? Send your question via text message to 646-776-0252. And within 24 hours, you'll get a neutral, thorough biblical answer. It's fast, free, and anonymous. No question is off-limit. What is Text for Text? We're just a bunch of Bible-believing people who desire to help others understand the Word of God. With 6 billion text messages sent daily, we feel this is the easiest and fastest way to help anyone who needs a question answered about the Bible. That number again is 646-776-0252. Looking forward to helping you study the Bible. Did you know that 90% of smartphone owners use an app once a day? Whether it be for work or entertainment, mobile apps are a part of the daily routine of today's smartphone users. Can I ask you a question? Is your organization's mobile app one of them? Mobile App Kings can help you engage your audience and help grow your network instantly with a custom-designed mobile app. Call Mobile App Kings today for a free consultation on how we can help you get your organization in the palm of your clients' hands. Call us at 480-371-1707 or download our app by searching Mobile App Kings in your app store. Mobile App Kings, we are the kings of mobilizing your business. Judah Nation Radio is playing the hottest tracks in every genre of indie Christian music. Every genre. Including rock. And this is the sound of the risen one. Hip hop. These great hands turn the axis. Vinny made man from dirt and axis. Oh, Lord. Contemporary. Get ready for your breakthrough. And gospel. Judah Nation Radio, redefining Christian music. God is saying his people are destroyed. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. And so we must attack our lack of knowledge. Yeah, for the glory of God, I'm trying to restore order. Yeah. Uh. I wish I could rap. I can't. Um, all right, we're in segment three, and actually we're in a nice part called Staying in Your Lane. Actually, the show is called Staying in Your Lane. This part of the show is actually uh, 
I don't. It was called. I, I had a cool name for it, but I can't remember what it was called. So we're just going to call this the lack of knowledge segment. So in this segment, we are going to talk about some little-known Bible things that can help you out. We're also going to introduce a few local sponsors here in Phoenix, Arizona, that you can support. So this segment is brought to you by the Sign Jungle in Mesa, Arizona. They do stellar uh, banner printing, oversized printing. Uh, size, size graphic. Jeremy Pierre is a great person, so uh, you can look them up on thesignjungle.com. This is also brought to you by CJ's Catering a Connection. Uh, CJ is a great chef um, who is uh, very well versed in all types of meals. So if you do need um, any type of food uh, prepared for your for your for anything from desserts to to to, bre- to breakfast or dinner or lunch or anything like that, you can also look them up on Facebook at CJ's Catering Connection dot com. We also uh, have one more uh, vendor, which is uh, Mobile App Kings. Um, they are a organization here in Phoenix, Arizona, that provides mobile apps for uh, your business or your church. Um, they can design custom app custom apps for uh, Android and iPhone. I'm Team Android. Sorry for you iPhone people, but uh, you can you can get any type of mobile app from them. And uh, if you look them up at mobileappkings.net, and that is King spelled with a Z. So it, I don't know why they spelled it that way, but it sounds cool. So hey, look them up, get them some business, and there you go. Um, this section is uh, lack of knowledge. So did you know that you could get free seminary classes online? There is a website called biblicaltraining.org. It is ran by Dr. Bill Mounts, and they offer, I think, somewhat of 100 classes. I'm not sure, but they're all absolutely free, and you can sign up for each class. And each class is not just a sermon. It's actually a fully uh, funded um, organization. And they provide classes, and I'm going to pull up the website real quick. And you can get classes from from simple theology to to something you know deep. Uh, you can take uh, you can get a certificate. Um, looking at the classes here, they have 52 major stories of the Bible. That is a great um, class to take. It goes through 52 of the major popular stories. They're about 30 minute lessons. There's also Bible study guides. Uh, which uh, Bible study methods, which teaches you how to study the Bible. You also have a, a class of, um, from C.S. Lewis and his theology. Um, you have something that's for people who want to be a little bit more deep in their studies. You have Essentials, uh, essentials Luther's, essential, uh, Essentials of African Traditional Religions, Essentials of Buddhism, Essentials of Christian Apologetics, which is what I'm really into. Um, you can t- uh, take a class in the book of Hebrews. So the point is, is that in this lack of knowledge segment, for those who may not have the money to have uh, uh, go to a seminary class, biblicaltraining.org is a great way to sign up for a free uh, class. You can you can listen, you can spend some time uh, going through the classes, and you can also download each class. Each class also comes with sermon notes and videos for the particular class. So the best way for us to help you out is you know how we help ourselves out is that we take some time to go on. Um, this uh, this website on a regular basis. Um, another thing that you uh, might want to visit um, is that you may want to take some time that when you go through these uh, these websites as far as getting some free Bible classes, you want to spend some time researching the professor so you can find out where the professors teach at. And there's a ton of uh, seminary uh, uh, seminary uh, places that allow for you to take free classes online. Um, I think getting a different perspective outside of just a sermon will help 
um, any believer because it allows you to get some information that may not be readily available um, without having to pay a lot of money for it. So in this segment, we want to encourage you to visit our sponsors that have uh, – uh, invested in the show. We also want you to take some time to go to biblicaltraining.org, look at some of the content that's there on the uh, website, and you know, hey, if you're blessed by it, you know, sow into their ministry. And if you know, if if not, don't blame me. No, it's not. It's not my fault. I just gave you a recommendation. I'm sorry. That's all I can do. So uh, I really don't have anything else to say. I'm just kind of waiting for the music to roll back because uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of thorough. You know, I kind of write down everything when I'm done. Uh, writing, I just talk for a little bit. Since this is our show, and since we kind of paid the bill, you know, hey, that's what we can do for 10 to 15 seconds. We can just go ahead. Hi, wife. My wife is in the studio. She's so beautiful. I'm going to be stalling on the next show because I, I have more sponsors. Oh, the music is back in. Yeah. Y'all listen to the music. I don't need to say nothing else. Stand in your lane. Mike Williams. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Graduated. High school. Major and modern topics, we think we got it, but lack of knowledge, 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 we perish for lack of knowledge, yeah, graduated with honors, left college, got promised, made dollars, still suffer for lack of knowledge of God. Did you know that 90% of smartphone owners use an app once a day? Whether it be for work or entertainment, mobile apps are a part of the daily routine of today's smartphone users. Can I ask you a question? Is your organization's mobile app one of them? Mobile App Kings can help you engage your audience and help grow your network instantly with a custom-designed mobile app. Call Mobile App Kings today for a free consultation on how we can help you get your organization in the palm of your clients' hands. Call us at 480-371-1707 or download our app by searching Mobile App Kings in your app store. Mobile App Kings, we are the kings of mobilizing your business. Judah Nation Radio is playing the hottest tracks in every genre of indie Christian music. Every genre. Including rock. And this is the sound of the risen ones. Hip-hop. These great hands turn the axis. Vinny made man from dirt and axis. Get ready for your breakthrough and gospel. Judah Nation Radio, redefining Christian music. Studying the Bible can be complicated. Sometimes there are so many unanswered questions. What does this word mean? How did the author come to that conclusion? How does this apply to my life? We at TextForText.com can help. Have a pressing question about a passage? Send your question via text message to 646-776-0252. And within 24 hours, you'll get a neutral, thorough biblical answer. It's fast, free, and anonymous. No question is off limit. What is Text for Text? We're just a bunch of Bible-believing people who desire to help others understand the Word of God. With 6 billion text messages sent daily, we feel this is the easiest and fastest way to help anyone who needs a question answered about the Bible. That number again is 646-776-0252. Looking forward to helping you study the Bible.
I like that song. Baby, you like that song? She shook her head. Yeah, she's so pretty. We are back. We're in our last segment. This is where we're going to try to get into the meat of this discussion. Um, I, I forgot in the last segment to mention that the, the song that was playing Lack of Knowledge was by an artist named Mouthpiece. And it's M-O-U-T-H-P, the number three I, or P-I, the number three C-E. Um, you can look him up on Google. He has a phenomenal album. So if you're into Christian hip-hop, that would be great for you. Um, every week we'll feature somebody different. So this week we'll do Christian hip-hop. So we've been talking about biblical fatherhood, and we've talked about, uh, I've tried to, my best, you know, uh, uh, my best time to explain how biblical fatherhood was translated back to um, Adam being the son of God. And I've tried to give you some basic definitions. Right now I want to walk through Genesis and just give you some demonstrations of how um, God himself uh, demonstrated those father characteristics and where we've fallen short and dropped the mark. And so I'm going to go into Genesis, and I just want to go from start from Genesis 1. And our, our first father that we know was God. Um, he was a son. Uh, Adam was his son. And actually all of humanity became Related to Adam through the, the, through um, you know just theolo- the, theological theologically speaking I'm sorry that was a big word um, we are all tied um, essentially to Adam and so from Genesis one here are one two three here are six five or six features that God demonstrated as Father first of all God was an authority figure um, according to Genesis um, he created everything right the way he created it is key is because he basically used his words. And he put out um, his commandments via his words. And I'm going to rephrase how I said that because I didn't like the way it sounded. Um, It says, then God said. Um, According to the Hebrew word said, that was a command. So God would say, let there be. And at that point, that's when whatever he said, let there be, uh, became established through creation. And so in that sense, that's where God demonstrated his authority. Also, after he created what he um, saw fit for uh, for our existence. He also had full knowledge of it, um, and so that 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 is a that is a characteristic that God the Father demonstrated to us. He almost he also demonstrated that he was a provider. Um, we all know that he made the gardens. We all know that he made everything, and 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 everything that he made is what Adam was to have a dominion over. So in one sense, he re- provided a work environment for his son Adam, and in another sense, he provided responsibilities. And so Adam had to give him the responsibilities and not only be uh, you know a ruler over his wife and over the animals and over everything that he was a part of. He also had a responsibility to name the animals. And so God could have easily you know created animals and had them named, but that's something that he gave to Adam as his first job. Um, God was a spiritual leader as a father, um, meaning that he, after he created everything for six days, he established a day of rest and he rested on the Sabbath. And according to Genesis, that was something that we are supposed to partake in um, is having a Sabbath. And that's something I'm, I'm certainly not well at. Um, it says on Genesis 2, verse 2, it says, By the seventh day God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had did. So as father, as a father, he himself rested. Um, we also found out that God was a judge. Now, after Adam and Ed had been, uh, had been uh, coaxed into um, eating the fruit, which, which Eve had partaken of also, we find out that God became a judge as a father. Um, it says that uh, in Genesis, I believe it's Genesis three fourteen. It says, "Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, and you are cursed, and more, uh, you are cursed 
more than all of the cattle and more than every beast of the field on your belly you will go. I'm going to skip down to verse 14. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth. I'm going to skip down to verse uh, 19, actually verse 18. But, uh, but both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you and you will eat uh to eat the plants of the field, by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. God became a judge in that sense because of um, the sins that we've committed. And then we found out that God uh, provided security. And how he provided security is that after Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit and they were judged, they had made fig leaves of themselves and covered themselves because they were ashamed and they were they were without clothes. And so we find that God makes the first what I would consider a first sacrifice. It had to be first animal sacrifice. And if I'm wrong, I'm, you know, I'm okay for you to send me some contact on it, information on it. Um, he he made them clothes of, of skin and leather. So he he became a God who secure provided security for them. Also, when he he uh, uh, you know placed them out of the guard, he put a a protection to where they could not enter back into the garden. And I believe that is in Genesis uh, uh, 3.22. It says, then, God, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become more like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take from the tree of life and, and eat, uh, tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he has taken. So he, drive, he drove man out of the east of the garden of Eden. He stationed the cherubim with a flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard uh, the way of Tree of life. So he became security and protection for us. So in that sense, let's just look at the basic, the basic um, um, characteristic of, of God as a father, as God. He was an authority figure. He was a ruler. He was a provider. He was a spiritual leader. He was a judge. Uh, he also provided security. So now let's contrast that with Adam's role because Adam essentially was, was placed, kicked out of the garden um, I believe in original sin, so total depravity that we're all sinners, uh, you know, that that have been related to Adam, and so Adam's authority is demonstrated in his inability to exercise authority, and that he yielded to his wife. So the serpent approached his wife, and then she gave him the fruit, and Adam didn't exercise enough authority um, in so much as that he yielded and ate the fruit, which which put us where we're at. Um, there's not much said to Adam being a provider. Um, essentially because we don't know that we don't really know the time frame between the instructions of the garden and when they fell because for us it was just a chapter we went from chapter two to chapter three so we don't know much about how much of he was a, a provider of we don't we can kind of infer how how his spiritual leadership went because um after he is you know removed from the garden we find out he has a son named Cain and he has another son named Abel and we all know the story of how Cain killed Abel and then we know that if you go further on down into the story, that that Cain is protected by God. So God still demonstrates his ability as a father to show grace and mercy and protect his child. Uh, we don't have any story of what Adam provided as a father figure to Cain. All we know is that Adam yielded his authority and yielded his position and yielded his leadership. And so we'll find from there that Cain essentially became a a a a, a product of his father's you know, his father's sin because Cain killed Abel. And if you keep going down into the story, Cain had uh, a, a distant relative named Lamech and Lamech ended up taking two wives, which is the beginning of polygamy. So Lamech essentially starts to mimic the, the, 
the the characteristics of the people that were that were the ancestors that were before him. If you go on down the road, you have a you know a, a this uh, you know a discourse between Jacob and Esau, and we all know Jacob's story. Jacob was known as an individual who was not uh, you know all the way honest and, and known as the trickster and the supplanter. And then we go down further. You have you know discourse and you have disagreements between Joseph and his brothers. So as you can see from Adam on down, that biblical fatherhood began to get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. Mainly because Adam was the first son, could not duplicate or imitate the the characteristics of his father, and so I would say that a lot of us as men, we we have characteristics characteristics of our father, and we get into the place where we don't demonstrate the things that our fathers um, put before us. Now, I'm, I just turned forty years old a couple of weeks ago. I, I have not been able to contact my father for you know well over. Um, Going on 35 years now. And so well, can that be an excuse for me not to be a biblical father? Um, I would say no. I would say essentially I have 66 books to which I can look towards to see what a father does. And if I couldn't find any perfect father in a man named in the Bible, I could find perfect father and God the Father's willingness to continue to provide those same seven characteristics that he provided for Adam. He's still an authority figure to today as he speaks through his word. His word is what allows us to continually live and continually be overcomers. He's still a provider. He provides for us in the sense that we have life every day. We have new breath. Um, he's still our spiritual leader. And even as a provider, he provided his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for sins that I could not pay for. He put his son, Yeshua, on the cross. And because of that, I am able to escape the penalty of sin and death when I trust in that. Um, he's still our judge. When we all pass on and go on to the next life, we will be judged for how we live in this life. And he's still a security. God is is our refuge. He is our security. Um, and so I can't necessarily say that because my father wasn't there that I don't have an example on how to be a better father to my kids. Listen, man, I got to give you like 30 seconds of the suck it up. Hey, you, you should be the first one in your house to pray. You should be the first one in your house to read the Bible. You should be the first one in the house to set order. You should be the first one to do these things that God has like God has demonstrated these characteristics all the time. And because we can't hold to our position and hold to what we're supposed to be doing, that's why the family is falling apart. That's why society thinks it's okay to be involved in illicit relationships and it's okay to be involved in things that are not godly and be involved in things that are not fruitful and be involved in things and let our sons and our daughters do whatever they want and not not be able to execute some type of judgment on them. And when I say judgment, I'm not saying you're casting your kids into hell and the grave, but what I am saying is that you have the responsibility of a father to keep them in line. You have the responsibility of a father to put them where they need to be and put them on the right track. Kids, watch what you do. Kids totally take up everything that you do. They suck it up. Every bad trait that you have, you better believe your kids have it. And so I am not releasing mothers from this responsibility, but what I'm saying is is that a home that has a strong biblical father in it, and, and at this point, if you're not married or if you don't have you know, a person that you're in a relationship with, I don't want to leave you out because you can still be a biblical father in, in walking in those things after God and allowing those kids that you are that you've had, that you've taken on to be your responsibility, even if you're even if they're adopted. It doesn't matter. You still have a responsibility to allow God to work in your life by just following his footsteps. I'm going to spend the last few minutes going over some statistics from fatherhood.org so you can see how effective being a father is. Now, this is not even talking about being a Christian father. This is just talking about being a father. So this says that, um, that uh, let me find this uh, thing right here. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to rush because I'm running out of time, but it says that if you don't have a father in the home, you are four times greater to have risk of poverty. You are seven times more likely to become a pregnant as a teen. You're more likely to face child abuse. You're more likely to have uh, behavioral problems. Uh, you're more likely to go to prison. You're two times more likely to suffer obesity. You're two times more likely to drop out of high school. This is from a secular organization that's telling you about what the absence of a father is. Uh, um, father absence is to blame for many uh, uh, social ills of affecting children. 23% of children uh, in 2014 uh, lived in a father absent home. And society doesn't help because they push a, 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 a fatherless culture. They push a culture where everybody has to be independent. Listen. I'm here to tell you that as the person who has four kids that I miss my father. I wish we I wish I could have had a relationship with him. I'm still trusting God for that. I need to take the initiative to be the father that I need to be because my kids need it. Uh, and they may have kids that they one day have that they're going to need it. And so if you go back into the Bible and look at the importance of the father, you will find that the father is the temperature for the house. The father is the temperature and he's the leader. It's not to be misogynistic or be, you know, better than anybody else. But looking at these statistics, they're, they're, they're just telling you that the, the presence of a father does so much. Individuals, individuals that come, the individuals from a father absent home are 279% more likely to carry guns and deal drugs than peers that are living with their father. I mean, this website, fatherhood.org, you can go through the 92% of the parents who are in prison are fathers. Man, we got to stand up and do our job. We got we to gotta provide for our families and we have to be the spiritual head. And we have to. And if, we, and if right now, if you don't feel like you're the spiritual head, this is your time to pray and say, God, I need your help. God, I really need you to stand up and make me understand how important it is for me to be a father. Even in Jesus' model prayer, the first thing he says is, Our Father who art in heaven. He knows where his source is. He knows how he's supposed to survive. He spent his whole life saying, I'm here on my Father's business. And that's what we need as men to understand, is that we should be about our Father's business so that our kids can be about the business of our Father as well. Um, I, I, I kind of thank you for tuning in. I, I, I'm going to pick this up next week because I have some more stuff that I really want to talk about. And uh, I you know, if you need to contact us, just uh, send us an email. It's music at judanation.co. Judanation Radio is what provides us uh, the ability to do this. So look us up, Google Judanation Radio. We thank you for listening. And uh, hey, you guys have a good night. God bless and good night.